Ah, oh, well, it is great to be here. Okay. I mean, it's great to be in my living room. It's great to be with my family. It's great to be with my dog. I miss you guys. So, like, I'm saying, hey, it's great to be here because that's what I'm used to saying on uh, um, every Sunday morning. But, but it's not because I'd much rather be with you. I, I'm missing some key hugs for some people. I'm missing some laughs. I'm missing some jokes. Um, I, I hope Fika is, is decent today. Saw the note about making coffee, so I appreciate that. Um, yeah, I don't know how we're going to greet one another, so like send notes on Facebooks and texts and stuff like that. Um, before I dive into the message, we don't fully know what these next few weeks will be like, so we're going to play it day by day. But this is what's great about not being a church plant anymore, but being a growing church is that if there are needs, um, please reach out to the community and let's see how we can support each other and help each other. Uh, let's not get carried away by the noise, because right now there's more noise than news. And so let's just be calm. Let's rest in the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. So when you have these seasons where not a lot of stuff is making sense and what do we rely on, what do we look to, we have the ability to say, okay, God, you lead me, you guide me, and he will lead us to that place of safety and comfort. And so today uh, we're spending the month talking about leading with truth. And so I had the incredible opportunity of uh, spending some time with the scripture so enjoyed Jonas last week. And, and again, you guys know I'm a word nerd. I'm, I'm a geek. Uh, I love Shakespeare. I love different poetry. Uh, Edmund Vance Cook is, is one of my favorites. Uh, uh, Rudyard Kipling, big fan, big fan. T.S. Eliot, love him, love him, love him. Um, but for all the reading I've done, no words have ever shaped me or changed me like the Word of God. And so what an incredible month to be a part of. And so I'm just excited about this, but, but I realized walking away last week, I got to hang out with somebody who translated the scripture. He went back to original language, translated into Swedish, and created a new amplified version of the New Testament, amplified translation of the New Testament. And, and this may sound so geeky, one second, <clears throat> that, that I have somebody who's published on you version. Like you can find his work on your phone in the Bible app. And I'm just like, I just got a whole new level of geekiness for me. So, so I just had so much fun last week with Jonas and uh, just so stirred by his deep dive into the scriptures and some sharing some stuff with us and absolutely humbled. That was his first ever sermon in English. And so, uh, Jonas, if you happen to watch us, I just want you to know you had left your notes here. I've kept them. So uh, they are going into a special place of just, just an incredible honor that you would share uh, that experiment, that deep dive into the scripture in your first English message with us. So today I've entitled Soil Soaking Soul. I'll say that again. Soil Soaking Soul. And we're going to talk about the Word of God, and we're going to look at 
We're going to look at some different scriptures, but we're going to kind of take an overview and create some real practical ways that you can dive into scripture. So we're going to have fun. Uh, it was roughly June of 1990 that I sat down for the first time. Now, I'd been saved for almost a year, but I'd been to a bunch of services, been to a bunch of youth meetings, and just really loved God, loved worship. But um, after a bunch of different people challenged me, I just sat down, and it was June of 1990, opened up uh, a notebook, opened up my Bible, started reading, started writing, and have been on almost a daily pursuit of the Scripture since then. Uh, at one point in my life, I could count on, on one hand how many days I'd actually missed reading the Scripture. I will be very honest because we value authenticity. Um, that changed a little bit when we had kids. And all of a sudden I had to realize, wait, what day is it? And you know what really else messes with like reading the Bible every day? International travel. When all of a sudden you realize you've just flown through a day and you didn't read your Bible in that time. But I want to take you to Luke 8. And we're going to talk about the parable of the four soils. And I've heard uh, many, many different pastors share on this and share it in different contexts. But I don't know if I've ever heard a pastor just stop and share it in relationship to the Word of God. Many times you hear it in the context of salvation. Sometimes they hear it in the context of finances and pastors talking about seed money and seed gift. Um, I get a little squeamish about that. I totally believe in investing into the kingdom of God, but... Um, I don't believe we give money to get money. I believe we give money to honor God. And then his blessings come in a variety of fashions as we honor him. But I, I, I get the sense that that term seed money or seed faith comes from this passage where I don't believe that's the context. But we have four soils, and I'm going to encourage you to read it on your own. But just so that we can move through this message, Jesus speaks of four soils. There is seed that is scattered on the path. There's seed that is scattered on the rocky ground, seed that is scattered in the weeds, in the thorny ground, and then there's seeds that are scattered in good soil. Now, I know I'm holding a five, but my, my thumb just being, is being crazy out here. So it's four soils, even though I'm doing this. So this is what I want us to get as we step into this scripture, is that in Luke 8, verse 15, Jesus specifically said, the seed is the word of God. The seed is the word of God. So as he's speaking of these four soils, and he's talking about the process of the word of God coming alive in your life, this is the picture that Jesus is creating. This is the imagery that, that Jesus is using. So maybe some of you have a green thumb out there, and you just enjoy gardening and planting, and whether it's a, a window box, or, um, or maybe you have uh, some green space outside your house, um, then, then this, this scripture can come really alive. Even though if you have a black thumb like me and I just kill everything I put into a pot, um, that, that you can still understand the value of what God is trying to communicate. So, so just so you understand the parable itself, and, and Jesus communicates this, on the path, the seed scattered on the path, the birds came and quickly uh, gobbled it up and took it away. And so Jesus said that Satan tries to snatch away even before it gets a chance to take root and get planted in you, what God wants to do. The birds come and snatch it away. Now, 
for those that serve in ministry and for my pastor friends maybe that are watching this, as, as, as somebody that follows Jesus, this is how I picture seed that's scattered on the path is seed that, that we make public. Sometimes we hear something from God and we share it real quickly and we don't give it time to soak into the soil of who we are. We don't let it sit in our soul for a little bit. And sometimes we just take it, oh, that sounds good. And we want to like impress people and like sound spiritual and look spiritual. And Jesus says, hey, that's great, but I want to do something in you. And there have been times in my walk in my life that Jesus specifically says, whoa, that's not for public consumption. That's for you. Let it sit. Let it simmer. Some of you as new believers, this may not make a lot of sense, but just tuck that away. Put, put a bookmark there. And then as you grow in faith, there may be something that God says, no, 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 that's not something you share with a small group. That's not something you share with somebody else for now. For this season, you just let it sink into the soil of your heart. So, so the first place that we see the seed is on the path. The public places the beatdown plays as birds come snatched away before it can get in. Second is rocky ground. So this is quick growth. The seed gets in there um, because of the tight uh, resources. Boom, the, the plants grow up really quickly because they can't develop underneath, so they just push up really quick. But then troubles come and pressure comes and storms come, and all of a sudden the sun comes, the heat, the temperature, and that fades away quickly because it wasn't able to establish or develop roots. Next is the thorny ground, and this is where we actually have growth, but the growth is mixed in with other elements and, and elements that aren't healthy, elements that aren't good. And so these thorns and these weeds, they choke out this growth, and that choking out is, is the, um, the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches. And now Boy, I wish, I wish we would take that to heart. The cares of the world, they're just the pressures of life that can push and push in. And God says, I understand, trust me, I'm doing something. Protect this, keep it safe. But then also the deceitfulness of riches, that maybe there's a shortcut, maybe there's a quick way. If I just get a little bit of money, if I just get a little bit of, um, uh, maybe if I just get a, a little bit more resource, I can do it. And God says, no, I want to do it through you. So be very careful of the deceitfulness of riches. And lastly, there's good soil. And that's soil that sinks into the soul, into the soul, uh, seed into the soil, and uh, produces a harvest, germinates, grows, and, and this is a couple seasons that it moves through. And then it brings a harvest, and that harvest brings life uh, to the communities around it. The same way God wants you to bring life through him to those around you, to your family, to your loved ones, to your workplace, to your school. And so, and it's interesting because Jesus also said that a harvest produces 30, 60, and 100 fold. And so there are different seasons in how we cultivate the soil of our heart to the harvest and production that we create. So again, Luke 8, 15, but the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word, retain it by, per, by persevering, produce a crop. And so, um, so we need to work the soil. We see in Philippians uh, chapter 2, verse 12, Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now, not only as in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. So God challenges us to cultivate the soil of our heart. Okay? But those are another conversation. We are now going to shift. And we're going to talk about getting the word of God in. 
So when we at Stockholm Community, when we talk about knowing God, when we talk about finding freedom, this is the soil work. And that soil work leads to discovering your purpose and making a difference. But you can have the best soil in the world, but no seed, no growth. What do you call soil without seed? Dirt. Now, can I just say, I miss you guys being here because everyone saw there be like a ha or an amen. Like, man, I am pushing the words out. I'm not used to just doing this on the camera. I'm used to interacting with you and laughing with you. And I'm going to get something to drink. Hold on a second. We would like to thank Coke Zero and their support of Stockholm Community Church. Okay. Thank you. And I assume right now that you're all just kind of chuckling at home. So here we go. So what did we say? What do you call a soil with no seed? Dirt. So we want to take these next few moments and break down some strategies on how to get into the Word of God. So we're going to start with a baseline expectation. Okay. This is what I would encourage you as a starting point of expecting from yourself as you step into the Word of God. And that's simply this, a chapter a day. If you can just hold the line. Okay, now Carolyn is laughing as she's looking at all your messages. So now I know I'm funny. I'm funny. Okay. You like me. You really like me. Okay. <clears throat> this is the baseline expectation. One chapter a day. I believe if you can get one chapter a day in, that is going to create incredible spiritual health as you focus on that spiritual discipline. Now, if you are a new believer and you are just so like fresh to God and fresh to the word, then I just want to simplify and just say 10 verses, just 10 verses that that will probably take like five to 10 minutes itself. And, and part of that may just be like, well, I don't really know what I'm reading and we're going to work through that. But as you come to the scripture, new believer or old believer, this is the prayer I want you to pray. God, speak to me. God, show me what you want to say to me. God, my heart is open to you. Just any little prayer like that, that we open our heart and we open our mind to the word of God. And not just to a book, but to the King of kings and Lord of lords. To the spirit of God. To the author. The author of the scripture, but also the author and founder and perfecter of our faith. And we just say, God, this, this, I'm, I'm going to tithe this moment of my day so that I can hear from you and that I can be yours. So that is um, just the baseline expectation. One chapter a day or 10 minutes, or sorry, 10 verses if you're a new believer. Now, with reading, and this is kind of the action step, not just reading, but with that, journaling. Now, I'm going to be all guy here. I tried journaling in many different forms. I stink at journaling my emotions. How was today? Good. How was today? It was great. How was today? Not so good. You know, when you look back a month from now and you read that, you're not impressed. You're not changed. You're just like, what am I doing here? So I shifted from trying to journal my emotions and my thoughts and kind of a, a record of the day to just journaling scriptures. And so I would read through the scripture, and if a, if a scripture stood out to me, and I just put some thoughts down here, um, did a verse answer a question or create a question? Did it give you hope, relieve a fear, give life? Did it challenge the way you think about something or someone? Write it down. 
Just as you spend that time reading the chapter of those 10 verses, if something stands out to you, just have a separate journal and just put the date and just write out in, in, in long form what that scripture was. If you want to put some notes to it or notes around it, I absolutely support that and recommend that. But if the base expectation we can do is like one chapter a day and then just writing out one, two, three key verses from that reading, you are going to build such an incredibly healthy foundation in your relationship with God as far as knowing his word. Now, let me speak to something. I already make mention to it. I love technology. <laughs> There's nothing like dumb people on smartphones. Wait, wait, hold on. I Maybe I didn't mean to say it that way. Um, there is a great app called YouVersion. If you just type in Bible on the App Store, it'll probably be one of the first things that pop up. And there are some incredible resources in here. And this is what I love. And I love speaking to an international church. Um, I can jump in. I can find a ton of different translations. But you know what? I can find so many languages available. So the ability to be able to read it in your mother tongue, read it in English, read it in Swedish, read it in Spanish, whatever language you want to read it in, it's there. And then in your language group will be all these different translations. So, so different things to read, different ways. There's also some different resources on the bottom. We'll step into those later right now. Well, we'll just step into those personally. Right now, we're just going to focus on the Word of God. But this is what I love about technology. Um, it's an incredible resource, but there's a significant difference between highlighting a scripture and putting some notes and writing it out long form. There is an entirely deeper process that happens when I call myself, when I put pen to paper, when my brain is communicating with my hand and my eyes are reading the scripture of what God is saying to me. And it creates in your heart a deeper imprint. And that's what we want to accomplish. We want to get the seed into the soil of your soul. So yes, uh, version is fantastic, but even more important is use the resource, but then get writing and, and, and please put it out. So a couple questions that we're going to hit first. Um, where do I start reading? Super, super important. The Bible is an, is a, an, an anthology of, of God's interaction with humanity. I call it the encyclopedia of humanity. So you don't have to start with Genesis. I know that we're used to that. I know we're familiar with that. You get a book, you start at the beginning. This is a book like no other books, though. So my recommendation, if you are starting a reading plan, if you've never committed to spending time in God's Word or you're a new believer— I'll just be honest, I've been saying this for over 25 years. Start with the Gospel of Mark. 16 chapters. It's the Gospel of Action. It's all about um, the things that God did. And so with that, it's just, it's a, it's an energetic read. Um, it's just like, oh, okay. And, you know, those bracelets that were so popular years past, what did Jesus do? There's the Gospel of Mark. It's what Jesus did. So you can just spend some time and all of a sudden, boom, you can knock out a little over two weeks and you can kind of start developing that habit. You can feel good about yourself and be like, all right, and you can jot down some verses and you can share some of those verses with some friends. So um, <clears throat> after the Gospel of Mark, I might encourage you to grab one of the prison epistles. I love Ephesians or maybe Colossians, but there is, this is a fun one, go eat popcorn. Uh, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. Um, really like 
red meat scriptures, unless you're a vegetarian, then it's like the chickpea of scripture. Does that help? Does that bring peace to you? Okay. Um, so, yeah, prison epistles are amazing. Um, then if you're ready, okay, if you're ready, you got to read the book of Acts. Oh, oh, you got to read the book of Acts. This is amazing. So a couple quick things. Um, one of my favorite translators says the book of Acts, like some it's called the book of Acts. Some it's the Acts of the Apostles. One of my favorite translators, his name is J.B. Phillips. He says the book title should be uh, translated some Acts of some Apostles, meaning this is just a small portion. But when you read it, it is utterly amazing at what the early church accomplished and what they did. And you know what? The only difference between the early church and us is time. Because Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so the God that was the God of the New Testament church, the book of Acts, is the God that is here today. And when you read the book of Acts, you're going to notice something. There's no ending. Like you're just reading through it, and all of a sudden it's over. And you're like, wait, 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 wait. I want more. I want more. And God says, so do I. And it's you. Right? He's like, yeah, the book of Acts is over, but the Acts of some apostles aren't. Because we're still here, and we saw the Spirit of God and the Word of God, and we can now go live it as we've seen just a sampling of what some apostles can do with some acts from the, uh, the Spirit of God. And so, <clears throat> please, please, please uh, read the book of Acts. Um, after the book of Acts, I might circle back to Luke, the social gospel. Um, Jesus interacts with women in other cultures, or the gospel of John. Uh, Proverbs is always healthy. Proverbs is a great one. You can start it on most months on day one and just read it through. There's 31 chapters in Proverbs, 31 days and a lot of months. So it becomes really easy. So, so when you say where to start, part of it depends on what you're looking for. But if we're starting for the sake of starting a discipline, of starting a habit, of starting a pattern of life, then, then I would. I would start with the Gospel of Mark and, and bounce around there. This is something else that I would find really important to do is in church. And so I'm going to expand this beyond just, just Stockholm community, but to our Facebook community. If you're reading this and you're like, okay, well, I've read Acts, or I've read Mark, and I, I read um, Colossians, and I've read Acts, well, now what do I read? This is what I challenge you to do. Find some people in your church and say, hey, I'm trying to find a good book in the Bible to read. What do you recommend? And, and hear me clearly. I said people, not pastor. I don't want you to go to the pastor. I want you to go to just the average everyday person in your church in Stockholm community. I want you to do this too, of finding somebody. Hey, I'm, I don't know what to read next. What do you recommend? <clears throat> and if you get through like 10 people and nobody has a recommendation in the scripture other than, oh, well, you should ask the pastor that. I don't know if that's a healthy church. Okay? We have to be a people of the word, not just a people of preaching. A people of the word for ourselves. God expects you. God wants to feed you personally. He doesn't want me to just be the delivery service. He wants to, Revelation 3, sit down at the table and have dinner with you. So open up the book and um, yay, Jesus. So, okay. So now I have some, some just simple concepts for you to get into the word and have some fun. So many of you are on Spotify or Apple Music, and you just come across that new song. Maybe it's a worship song. Maybe it's somebody, and it just like it just gets in you. And you, oh, I just 
I just want to hear that song. And what do you do? You hit repeat. So have a chapter repeat or a book repeat. Just take a time frame, uh, two weeks, one month, however long, maybe longer. And you say, I'm just going to dive in on this chapter. And thank you, Kaisa, for yawning. That was awesome. Did you hear it? I did. <laughs> it's not often I get to pick on my daughter, but that's okay. I'll make it for I'll pick on the others later. Okay, so um, take one portion and just spend some time with that. And then if you want to add some life to it, read that chapter or that book in different translations. Just get different nuances and different details. So uh, chapter or book repeat is one concept. Another concept, really, really recommended. What I call 2020, a 2020 read. Uh, we're in the year 2020. We have 2020 vision. So the recommendation is you find some key foundational scriptures. John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Well, what are the 20 verses before John 3.16? And what are the 20 verses after John 3.16? And finding different scriptures that you zero in on or maybe mean value to you, and then reading the context that surrounds it. Where is it coming from and where is it going? Context is so important when you are reading scripture, and this is a great way to understand some of the key scriptures that have shaped Christian thought. Now this, if you have ADD, you, I think, are going to love this one. Um, I call it a word run. And that's just where you grab one word and you run with it. Um, now, back in the day, you had to buy a Strong's Exhaustive Concordance. And if you've never seen one of those, these are bad boys. When I get to heaven, I will meet Strong's, Pastor Strong's. He was, this was a man that knew the word. You can look up the Strong's Exhaustive Concordance and find where every article in the Bible is. Not article of clothing, I mean the and a and and. Like, it is amazing. So this is a man who studied the Word of God, and then he shared his study with us by creating an exhaustive concordance. So pick a word, and I, and I just jotted down a couple. Uh, fire, love, hope, courage, right hand, peace, laugh. And do a keyword search. You can jump on a numerous um, Bible websites. They'll give you the list, and then my recommendation is print out that list, and then just take some time reading the scriptures around it and reading the verse itself. What does God have to say about laughter? What does God have to say about singing? What does God have to say about, and you fill in the blank, and just see what the course of scripture has to say about that word. And again, um, have a word run. Have fun with it. I think, uh, I think that has shaped me. One of the most interesting ones I did was the word satisfaction. And that led me to the verse that says that, that God opens his hand and he satisfies the desires of every living thing. That's a great verse to pray. If you're in a place of dissatisfaction, Jesus, you are the God that opens his hand and you satisfy the desires of every living thing. I have a desire right now that's out of control. I need you to satisfy me. And he, he finds a way through holiness, not through brokenness. So another great one, a theme read. I remember taking a season of my life and reading the Gospels for the sole purpose of focusing on Jesus as a man. Now, again, with my Catholic upbringing and confirmed Lutheran and a lot of religious history, the idea of, oh, Jesus is holy and amazing and God. But Jesus was a man. 
And so I spent a season reading through the scripture of what was it like just understanding Jesus as a man. And it only made Jesus bigger that in his humanity, he still walked in holiness and he still walked in love and compassion and mercy. And there are times when I realize, oh, now I get why he snapped at the disciples. He was tired. He was exhausted. He was annoyed that Jesus experienced very human emotion. And yet in that human emotion could still walk rightly before God. Yeah, it was a bit of a challenge to me. So, um, yeah, but pick a theme. Uh, how did Jesus speak to and about women? What made Jesus angry? What was Jesus like when he was tired? Grab a theme and read. Uh, these next two uh, concepts are amazing, and I would encourage you to have a little bit of mileage on your faith and firmness in your foundation before you dive into them. One is a character study. Take a season and dive into some of the key characters of the Bible. David, Moses, Esther, Joseph, Sarah, and Abraham, Paul, Peter, James, Mary, Mary Magdalene. Um, find where they are in the scripture and spend some time with them. How did God use them? What did they learn about God? How did they worship or please God? Now, there is a set of translations by the Life Application Bible that has some great notes in regards to this. And there are different books uh, written by incredible authors on just men and women of God. But it's, it's a great way to just see faith fleshed out in humanity. Uh, again, these were all very human people, all made mistakes, all had shortcomings, all had failures of some sort or another. Um, some lived incredibly courageous. Some were incredibly frail, and God used them anyway. And so it's just, it's a beautiful thing just to see what stirs in your heart. Lastly, I call it the slow expository study, and that is just a verse-by-verse -verse study approach. Now, there are many commentaries they give reference and notes on each verse of scripture. And this is like, this is the deep dive. And there's some incredible stuff that you can find out that will absolutely unlock your understanding of what God was trying to accomplish. And in that, unlock your faith of what God can accomplish through you. But this is where I would recommend some caution. And this is why I want you to have some mileage on your faith and have some firmness in your foundation. Because you need to be very wise in, in, in choosing a commentary. Because a commentary is a person or groups, um, their understanding of the scriptures, their study, their research. And while I enjoy movie, critic, movie critics' input, I really like seeing the movie. And so uh, I've seen different people kind of get carried away and spend more time in the commentary than in the scripture. And that just, that, that makes me a little sad inside. And so my recommendation to you is like, get some mileage on your faith, get some firmness in your foundation. Uh, talk to some people, get some different insights, get some different perspectives. Don't just Google. Okay, don't just Google commentaries because whoever's put the most money in their SEO is going to be at the top of the list. And and, and that that just means investment. It doesn't mean righteousness. So um, just be wise and, and seek out counsel and see what other people have done in regards to uh, pursuing commentary. So now we are coming to a close. But I want to share with you some key scriptures that have just been made mine over the years. Scriptures that God has like just brought. Uh, they've just been foundational for me personally. Uh, one of the first ones, and I it, this is the word nerd side of me, that I just go, oh, it's a challenge. 
And it's Proverbs 25, 2, and it says this. And all of these scriptures that I've read today have been out of the English Standard Version. Um, but it says this. It is the glory of God to conceal things, but the glory of kings to search them out. Oh, that just that's a challenge to me. And it is amazing through history how much of science came because of a believer kind of having a revelation on one scripture and then chasing it and watching what happens mechanically, watching what happens chemically, watching what happens medicinally. And uh, so it's really interesting, but it's the glory of God to conceal things. I, I know something, guys. Come, find it in me. But the glory of kings to search things out. Uh, Jeremiah 33.3, call to me and I will answer you and will tell you great and hidden things that you have not yet known. The first part of the, the second part of the verse is like amazing and like should be a Spielberg movie. But the first part of the verse, call to me and I will answer you. That's relationship. That's what we're in this for. It's not just for the answer, but it's that we can um, that we can hear from him. Proverbs 10, or sorry, Proverbs 9, verse 10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and knowledge of the Holy One is insight. And then lastly, just as it relates to the Word of God, Luke 24, 32. So this are two men. This is after the death of Jesus Christ. And there are rumors and mumblings of his resurrection. And here are two believers. They're walking on the road, and it's the road to Emmaus. And they're on this journey, and all of a sudden they come alongside of, of, a, of a traveler. And they welcome him into their company. And as they're talking, it's like, well, you know, haven't you heard the news? And they start sharing about the death of Jesus Christ. And, and all of a sudden the, these three start having this conversation. And then they stop, and then they have dinner. And Jesus is continuing to just un wind the scripture just peel it open and they're they're just amazed and then in a moment jesus reveals himself and and disappears and this is their response to that encounter and they said they said to each other did not our hearts burn within us when he talked to us on the road when he opened to us the scriptures ah didn't our hearts burn within because there are men and women that have an academic understanding of the scripture that's great i once had a friend he was actually the the best man in my wedding his name was jason and i remember one time he, he said this we were talking about something and just me being a word nerd you know just oh done this and this and this and this and this and he's like huh so you know what brian there's a lot of a lot of physicists but I don't know if a physicist ever knew an atom personally. I just like, oh. like, what a great friend. Just say, Brian, yeah, there's a lot of like details and technical things to be excited about. But the most exciting thing is that we get to know Jesus. Not only the author, but the friend. Not only the, the spirit that hovered over the waters and empowered miracles and miracles and miracles through the ages, but now we can know the spirit of God in us. Not only about, we can know. Didn't our hearts burn within? And that's what this is all about. This is not about knowing academically the Bible more, being able to impress people, being able to like, wow, this person really must like be special. I am not special because I carry the title pastor. That's, 
That's not what makes me special. I'm special because I'm loved by God. I'm excited because our dishwasher just finished doing the dishes. If you can hear that beep in the background, there'll be a few more. I am special, not because I'm an American in Sweden. Well, I'm a little special because I, I married an incredible woman like Carolyn Dunn, that I've got three beautiful daughters and a pretty decent dog. But I'm special because I'm loved by God. And as I've grown in God's word, I understand him better. I understand his love for me more. I understand his love for the community more. And it has shaped and changed the way I think, the way I look at life, the way I react. And it, it helps me grow. And so if you are out of relationship with Jesus Christ, maybe you've never started a faith relationship, maybe you've never been exposed to scripture that helps unfold it, but something's burning within your heart right now, and you're like, I, I think I want that. Here's the great news. You don't need to have read the Bible cover to cover. You just need to, to pray this prayer. The scripture says that if we believe in our hearts and confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, we'll have everlasting life, meaning we'll have a relationship with him. And so if you are sitting here today watching the screen and you're saying, I want some of that, I want some of that, then, then we can pray right now. And so I'm just going to pray a prayer. And I just want you to pray it along with me. And at the end, we're just going to say amen together. And it's going to be your prayer. Okay, it's going to be your prayer because you mean it in your heart. And Jesus is going to take that prayer and he's going to start a relationship with you. He's going to forgive you of your sins. He is going to start the process of filling you with hope, with love, and with truth. He is going to put courage in you to follow him. He's going to give you strength to be his. Now, we're going to pray for some other believers about diving into the Word, but, but we want to pray for you first if, if you want to start a faith relationship or come back to a faith relationship with Jesus Christ. Jesus, we love you. We need you. Forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of the distance that's been between us. Father God, fill my heart with your love, your spirit, and your truth. Help me follow you for the rest of my days on this planet until I see you face to face. In Jesus' name, amen. And remember that Luke verse chapter that we talked about earlier, how it's important that you cultivate your soul, that we don't just leave this on, on the path, that we don't leave it in the rocky soil, that we don't leave it in the soil. God, find the good soil of our heart. And now we need to crack open the Bible and do some of the things we talked about today. Okay, for the believer, some of you have been kind of like around the Word of God, but you have been with the Word of God. Too many of you trust just what a preacher or a pastor says as opposed to finding out for yourself. It's the difference between dating and marriage, people. Okay? So, now some of you are feeling like this big swell of responsibility, and I've got to do this, and I've got to read the whole Bible. This quick recommendation. I don't encourage you to try to read the whole Bible cover to cover until you've been a believer for five years. Now, if you want to read the whole New Testament cover to cover, maybe just like give yourself one year to just kind of connect and gather and grow, but then New Testament, go for it. Okay? Um, yeah, I had a really funny joke, but I'm just going to leave it there. I'll put it in the notes message later. Um, but if you're a believer, today's the day. Stop, stop flirting with Jesus. He's written you a love letter. It's called the Word of God. If you're wondering what, what, how to hear God's voice, it's, it's there waiting for you. If you're wondering if God loves you, it's there waiting for you. 
If you're wondering how to conquer fear or doubt or worry, it's there waiting for you. If you want to know how God uses doubt and fear for your growth and your development spiritually, it's waiting there for you. But you've got to dive in. So Jesus, I pray for those that something is stirring in their hearts. God, don't let that fire go out as this video pauses in a few moments. But God, may decisions be made to have a daily encounter with you through reading your word. Father God, I, I pray the prayer for them that if they're serious, that they wouldn't be able to fall asleep at night if they have not spent some time with you. One chapter, ten verses, whatever that is, but they would make a determination in their heart and they would step into that commitment with you. Lord God, I pray that you would just open the word of God to them. That it would just become bright and beautiful. And Lord God, that they would just be captivated by how amazing you are. We love you and we give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen.